0: Welcome to Bear Creek AG. You are getting ready to listen to our current Bible study. Right now, we are walking through the New Testament. So grab your Bible and a notepad or journal and join us.
1: Good evening, everyone. Thank you for joining. Um, and to our online listeners that are listening right now, we welcome you as well and hope that you are having a wonderful Wednesday on April twenty. 20- First, I can read. I promise. Um, I hope everybody's having a good night. Who's 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 having a good day? Yeah. Good. Uh, good, good. good. good, good day. It's Wednesday, and you know what that means? Wednesday. We're halfway to the weekend. All the school teachers said, "Amen." Amen. All the school teacher husbands said, "Thank God." Yes. And everybody else. Well, I don't know how many retired people we got in here. So this is just another day of the week for y'all. Praise. <laughs> Praise God.
2: In <laughs> fact, the fact that you told them it's Wednesday, they didn't probably know that. Uh, yeah. I didn't
3: know it was
1: Wednesday Yeah. I I have that same problem, but it's not because I'm um, I'm retired. It's because I have no common sense, but that's okay. Um, I'm really excited to have the opportunity to speak tonight. Um, I feel like, I feel like I'm, I feel like I'm back home. I know that's that sounds weird. I've been out for a month and a half, roughly, on Wednesdays. I don't know if you noticed. You may not have, but that's okay. Um, I've been out for a month and a half, finishing up my paper for my master's degree, a small book consisting of 52 pages, and I am incredibly excited to say that I have completed it and is now going into uh, review with potential revisions, which will not be nearly as involved as writing the 52 pages. Um, but I'm very excited to be back. Uh, it's it's good to be here. And I'm so excited to see everybody, all these beautiful faces. And we're a lot closer than we usually are. Usually, last time I spoke, we were, were you know, in there and I had some distance. So this right here, this is, we're at SeaWorld. I'm Shamu and y'all are in the splash zone. <laughs> so um, So tonight I want to talk about something that is, a little bit of what I had been studying and writing on for the last uh, since January, um, more intensely in the last couple of months. But I'm taking, I'm blending together a little bit of what I've written about, and what I've studied about, and making it more of a practical, applicable lesson for tonight. It's uh, the title of this lesson is going to be "Participation in Christ." Um, last Sunday we took communion together, and uh, which is just always a, a wonderful, powerful. Uh, event that we we do once a month where we just i don't know i really enjoy i I've started to appreciate it more and more as I've gotten older um, but I did a little bit of studying recently on what we call well i don't know we don't I've never really heard it i don't know if we call it ordinances at our church um what more what the what the Catholics would call sacraments and then what the protestant uh particularly more of the evangelical side. Pentecostal side of the Christian faith would call ordinances. Um, I did a little bit of studying on that, and I've been increasingly interested in it because there's a lot that we don't really, I don't want to say we don't talk about, but I think there's things that we seem to not consider, that we, we may overlook as we partake. And Of course, the the major ordinances that we partake in are the Lord's Supper and water baptism. Those are the to defined ones. If you go into the uh, Catholic tradition, they have a lot more. Um, I can't list all seven or eight, seven right now, but they have, they have quite a few more, um, which is perfectly fine. We focus on water baptism and uh, the Lord's Supper, the Eucharist, whatever you want to call it. Um, but I've been increasingly interested in recently, not because of what they symbolize, but what they... Evoked from within us, right? We look at them sometimes, and we think, "Okay, I'm taking the cup, I'm taking the bread," or "Hey, I'm taking a dip in the pool, and I'm coming out." You know, and there's there's definitely a individualistic side of it that we we you know we we think about more often. Like, so for example, with water baptism, it's like I'm declaring that I'm saved. It's it's a declaration of salvation. It's a physical act that. That is that shows that, hey, I've accepted Christ, right? And then with, um, with the Lord's Supper, it's like, hey, I'm doing this in remembrance, right? I'm doing this so that I remember Christ's sacrifice. But there's another element to it that is something that probably isn't emphasized as much but is just as important as the individual side, and that is the communal side of all of these events, right? You're probably thinking, water baptism, what do you mean communal? How is that a communal event? Well... Just to kind of give you an overview of it, when you're baptized, you are immersing yourself into the water. And when you come out, it is symbolically, yes, you're declaring your salvation. You're declaring, yes, I'm saved. But you're also saying, I'm now in the community of believers. I'm emerging from the water into the church.
2: Paul calls it baptism into the body of Christ.
1: Exactly. You're being baptized into the body of Christ, right? You are dying. You're in in a way. You are. Um, I don't want. In a way, what you're doing is you're you're reenacting Christ's death. You're dying, and then you are resurrecting, right, so to speak. But you are becoming a new being. You are being welcomed into the body of Christ. So when I was younger I didn't really I didn't fully understand or truly appreciate what water baptism and communion I didn't really appreciate them fully for um, for what they were because in my eyes they were just you know something we did every once in a while in church. You know, you may have one, two, or three baptisms after church on Sunday, and it's a whole thing. Um, and then uh, with communion or the Lord's Supper, you know, that was generally a once a month thing event where we you know we would have the bread and the cup. Of course, now we have the little Jesus Lunchables, but back then we had the uh, little plastic cups and the and the wafers. Um, but as I've gotten older and slightly wiser, I recognize that there are, that what the acts of water baptism and the Lord's supper symbolize is not merely Christ's death or resurrection. In fact, it's so much more than representing something, right? In partaking of the Lord's Supper and in baptism, we are aligning ourselves in and with Christ to participate in His ministry, right? Well, you probably think, okay, what is, when you say partake or participate in His ministry, what do you mean? Well, there's three elements to this. We participate physically, right? There's a physical act that takes place as we are baptized or as we take communion, right? You know, we eat the bread, we, we drink the grape juice or the wine, and then, you know, we take a dip in the pool, right? We participate spiritually, you know, in those moments of, of where we are in the act of doing so, we are communing with Christ, right? There is a connection that is established there um, through the spirit in which we are connecting with Christ, right? And then the third one is we participate emotionally. Now, I'm, I'm going to have a few little discussion areas, and this is one of them. When I say we participate emotionally, what, what could that mean? Individual, like, what does that mean to you? Saying when we are participating emotionally in these events, what does that what does that mean, or what do you think that could mean? you think about yourself
0: as you're doing it. You know what it mm-hmm. means to you. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Healing. You think about you know if Jesus died on the cross. Mm-hmm. If you are getting baptized, you're you washing away your old sins, I and mean, mm-hmm. you know you're you're being dunked. Dunked, Yeah. <laughs> you know, True.
3: Yeah, definitely, definitely, brother Jim. Sure, oh, ladies first. Well, well, all of that too, but it also gives me um, you can you can remember. It's right. Like yeah, a, a spot up there that you. Right. I know I'm saved. I remember, you know, mm-hmm. answering the questions and praying
1: mm-hmm, and, mm-hmm. and baptism, and, and it, it
3: just it makes you feel like you're part of the
1: the family. Yes, so, you know, definitely, definitely.
2: Definitely, Jim.
3: I think on emotions, whenever you dealing with your emotions, you're dealing with the soul,
2: Mm -hmm. heart, absolutely, psyche. Yeah,
3: you know, and just like your body, soul, and spirit, all three need ministered to. Mm -hmm. So does the soul, Mm -hmm. and I think what you're saying there is that is the way our soul gets ministered to Mm -hmm. is is through that.
1: Definitely, definitely, definitely. Joey, did you? Yes, sir.
3: Alex,
4: it may be just me, but looking at that and taking it literally for what it was. Mm -hmm. And it's significant as the Last Supper because that's the last meal that they ate with
2: Him. Absolutely. And
4: and what they had on the menu that night was bread and wine. Mm -hmm. And I don't think that... And I really think from what Jesus actually said that it it was meant to be an ordinance. He meant it if we eat three meals a day... Mm -hmm. We should remember him, mm-hmm. his blood, and his body. Absolutely. Times day. Absolutely. Not just once a month.
2: Sure. As, as an but that's, that's what I interpreted. Yeah.
1: And, and there's nothing wrong with having a special thing because that was a special thing, mm-hmm. but only because it was the last supper that they had. Absolutely. If it had been
4: in the South today, it could have been sweet tea and cornbread.
1: Amen. (laughs) uh, I'm not saying we have to do that, but I would encourage. (laughs) Yeah.
4: Literally, to me, that's what it actually was. The significance of it and what he was saying, every time we eat, we need to remember his body. And when we drink whatever it is Mm -hmm. wine, grape juice tea, or whatever we need to.
1: Absolutely, I like that.
0: Just I'll just tell you something else. With. Um, <clears throat> it's, it's, the Jews, they wear those phylacteries the, kind of, the, so they can teach them to their children, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. and it's, um, it's just something that's got their, their laws over mm-hmm. what they already might mm-hmm. not. Um, but when children see us get baptized or mm-hmm. other, other children, it makes them want to
1: be a part of it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I want to I live with Jesus. I want to Yeah, him. absolutely. Absolutely. Don't don't get too far ahead of me because you, oh, okay. <laughs> no, you're good. You're good. Yes, sir. I think
4: that's actually where when we bless our food, that, that's what we're trying to fulfill. Yeah. Acknowledging. acknowledging Jesus.
1: Absolutely.
4: At, at every meal when we ask our blessing.
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely. I like, and to add to your point, Joey, it's you know, we have different ordinances that like water baptism is usually considered a, you know, a one-time ordinance. It's something you do generally once. Some people do it twice depending on, on, on how their spiritual development has gone or, you know, some people when they, you know, if, if they fall away or return, some people do get baptized twice, but the Lord's supper is something that is to be done continually. It is a continuous ordinance. It's something that, Hey, you know, do constantly. Um, you know, for the the Catholic and Orthodox traditions, they do it every Sunday. They're always doing it. And of course, you know, in in our Protestant, uh, specifically in our sect, for lack of a better term, of of Protestantism, we do it less frequently. Now, I don't think that there's a right or a wrong way to do it. Um, I think it just kind of depends on doctrine and tradition. But it is something, the point is, it's something that we are to do continually. We are to continually remember, uh, whether that's at every meal or, you know, uh, just throughout the day. It's something that is to be done continually. And this, is, this could be a topic for a different, different night entirely, but some people, myself included, consider spirit baptism, being baptized in the Spirit. I consider that to also be an ordinance, to also be like a sacrament. Um, and if, if you want to talk about that offline, we totally can, and I can, I'll can. i discuss that all day, because it is something that...
2: It was an expectation. It was an expectation. We don't, we don't look at it that way, but in reality, it was expected. You're saved. When mm-hmm. you're saved, you're baptized, mm-hmm. and when you're baptized in water, then it was an expectation. Now you need the empowerment of the Holy Spirit mm-hmm. to go fulfill the ministry of God's calling. Right, you. right. And, and I agree with that.
1: And we also have to look at ordinance or sacrament i'm just going to call it sacrament because i like that word better personally but when we look at the sacraments we have to look at what is a sacrament right traditionally uh the the catholic tradition they believe that sacraments are means of grace right that definition for some of the newer theologians is changing to where it's not necessarily just a means of grace or just or a means of grace but is an event in which the presence of Christ is there, yeah. right? right? If we go by that definition, then absolutely, like 100, you, would, I would say, Spirit baptism is a sacrament. Okay, I'm going to go. I'm, I'm going on a rabbit trail. That's I'm very passionate about that. I wrote a, a lot on that. But so going back to our our participation, right? When we participate emotionally, I wrote that it's there's the individualistic think reflecting internally, but there's also the uniting with one another in which we are connected to the body of Christ, which is something I'd, yeah, and I I'd kind of mentioned it a little earlier, but there is a, there's definitely a unifying element to partaking in these events, right? In the Lord's Supper, you are united in eating together, right? And if you look at the New Testament church, for them, man, they were eating all the time, that was Brilliant. Praise God. That, hey, that's where we get it right, you know what I'm saying? You know, at the New Testament church, what they would do is they would come together and they would break bread, and then they would study the, the, the writings of the apostles, right? That was, that was part of it. And then they would, they would um, you know, sometimes they would have music, kind of just depending on the situation. Like our idea of church today is so drastically different than what it was back then, Right, wrong, and different—it's just kind of how things are. But part of it was every every aspect of what they did back in the New Testament church sought to bring the community together.
2: Acts two forty two says so they did it daily.
1: Exactly, daily, yeah. right? Do it regularly. Yeah, consistently.
2: Consistently. Yeah.
1: So the physical, spiritual, and emotional all work together in the act of participation. So in the act of partaking of the Lord's Supper or being baptized to bring us closer to Christ because in those moments, we're imitating Christ, right? We are becoming like Christ, okay? Frank Machia, who's a Pentecostal theologian, he wrote an essay about foot washing, which that's not something that we we do here. Some Pentecostal traditions do. Um, But he wrote about the relationship between foot washing and the Lord's Supper and he writes that we are actors. He uses the metaphor of theater. He says we are actors in a drama, reenacting Christ's ministry through partaking in these events. Here He's out of here. oh sorry, I have I have poor vision. So go ahead. I
3: think when going back to what you're saying with the emotions and all, I don't think the disciples realized it right then. Mm-hmm. But whenever he said, "This is my body, which is broken. Mm-hmm. This is my blood, which shed for you." Mm-hmm. When they were taking communion, I think they were—he was bringing them out from up under the law Mm -hmm. and Mm -hmm. putting them under grace. And Mm -hmm. this is what communion does: it frees us from. To me, Mm -hmm. it frees us from the law, Mm -hmm. and it reminds us we're under grace, Mm -hmm. not under law. And that's Mm -hmm. what I believe that they didn't—they may not understood Mm -hmm. that at that time when they took communion with him. Mm They were going over to
1: grace, mm-hmm. and he was taking those eleven yeah. out from under. Mm-hmm. Absolutely, I believe it was when when Jesus was washing the feet of the disciples. He said, "What I'm doing now, you won't, you don't understand, but you will, yeah, I do. right? You will at a later time." And I agree. I think that they they had no idea what they were necessarily doing, and I think that we have to remember and we have to look at the context and, and imagine and use the imagery of, of as we read the scripture there that what they were doing in that moment is they were communing together in the very real presence of Christ, right? And I believe that in the same way, when we take communion today, we also commune together in Christ's presence, right? Through the Spirit. So did I miss anybody else? Okay, excellent. Um, so uh frank machia he uses the uh the the metaphor of 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 theater and says that we're actors in a drama reenacting christ's ministry as we partake of these events right so in this reenactment we're we're become we're actually being imitators of christ right and we'll get into kind of the the grammatical aspect of imitation in just a moment but i want us to take a look at some scriptural examples that communicate Imitation, right? So um, I've got three of them, um, and I'm going to call on somebody to read each one of them individually. So um, the first one we got is First John chapter two, verse six, and we're gonna, I'm I'm in the I'm in the ESV, so mine may be a little bit different, but that's okay. Just read out out of whatever you got. Um, so somebody look up First John two six. Uh, somebody look up Ephesians five verses one through two. And uh, someone look up Galatians three twenty-seven. And when you're there, say I'm there. Near. Near. Okay. All right. You got which one? You got? I have the second one. If you okay. Try. Who's got First John? Okay. All right, Miss Cheryl, go with First John. Two.
4: What
1: was the first? Two six. Two six. Yes, ma'am. Okay, good. All right. Now go with Ephesians 5. 1 through 2. Yep, 1 through 2.
0: Therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children, and walk in love as Christ loved us and gave himself up for us, a fragrant offering and sacrifice to God.
1: Excellent. Who's got Galatians? Cody? You got. Who's got Galatians? What was it? Galatians 3, chapter 3, verse 27.
2: For all of you who were baptized into Christ, have clothed yourself with Christ.
1: Excellent. So in the first two verses that we read, I like how um, how the author use the authors use um, walking, right? You know, in first John it says, whoever says he abides in him ought to walk in the same way in which in the same way in which he walked, right? And then in Ephesians five, one through two. Um, It says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love as Christ loved us. So here in 1 John, you've got walk like Christ walked. And then Ephesians, you've got walk in love as Christ loved. So walk is Christ and love is Christ. Okay, And then in Galatians, you have... Um, for as many of you were baptized into Christ, have put on Christ, right? Clothed. Pastor Tony says, "Clothed." Same concept, right? So what, what, what? All three of these verses have in common is that they're saying, "Look to Christ as the model as to who you should be striving to be," right? So the Greek word in Ephesians, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna nerd out. This is my thing, okay? The Greek word used in the Ephesians verse for imitation is mimetai, right? According to Webster's dictionary, mimesis, which is derived from mimetai, is also derived from the verb of mimesthai, which means to imitate. So a literal translation is a verb meaning to imitate, to actually imitate that person, right? Walk talk? Walk walk the walk, talk the talk, right? Now, mimistai is derived also from the word mimos, which what does that sound like? Memo. <laughs> well, yes. But what else? What? What? Think, memo? Huh? a Mime. Mimicry. Right. So, I know if somebody's mimicking me, like Brother Bill likes to do out on the disc golf course. You know, some people would get offended. I find it endearing. All right, <laughs> <laughs> so, to mime, right? And in, in our culture, if somebody is miming you or imitating you, it's generally done as insult, right? To make fun of that person. Cody likes to do the same thing, right? Frequently, Frequently right?
0: Well, you to see world too? they had the front of them.
1: My honestly, mimes freak me out a little bit. And-
0: they always making fun of somebody that's what but, about or something.
2: But when you say that, and, and, and I'm not trying to be so spiritual, I mean, I am trying to be spiritual, but, but I, I think about okay, I mean, there's an image right here for me that my, when my son was younger.
1: Oh, don't get ahead, you're getting ahead of me. Don't get ahead of me. He
2: imitated me. And right now, he is, in a way, <laughs> imitating me.
1: We almost imitated each other on Sunday. We about wore the same shirt.
2: It's more than just me. But you're right. It does need to make fun. But there is a time right. that there is a you're imitating because right. it's what's modeled before you. So that's what you want to be.
1: So we have to look at this within the context of discipleship, yeah. right? So originally what I was going to talk about tonight was strictly the difference between being a follower and being a disciple. But I felt like there was so much more that needed to be said, Right. So there is a huge difference between being a follower and being a disciple, right? A follower is somebody that sees value but doesn't strive to imitate that value, mimic it. A disciple wants to study and become the person that is discipling them, right? So the disciples weren't just learning from Christ. They wanted to be like Christ, right? They saw value in what even before he revealed himself to be the son of God, they said, okay, this guy, he's, he's got something. He knows, he, knows, he knows what he's doing. We want to be like him, mm-hmm. right? See, what we should be doing is we should be striving to be disciples of Christ. What we have a tendency to do, though, is to be a follower of Christ. There's nothing wrong with following, but we also follow celebrities. Mm-hmm. Yes, ma'am.
2: Yeah. Whereas a disciple is dedicated. And that happened with Jesus. When he said, originally, he said, This is my body, unless you eat my flesh
0: and drink. And a
2: lot of people got offended by that Mm -hmm. because they thought literally.
1: Yeah. I mean, Jesus had thousands of people that followed him, but only 12 who were discipled by him. Yes, sir. Followers
3: never become leaders Mm Mm-hmm. because they're always following. There's always somebody. And like she said, they can bear all. Absolutely.
1: Yes, exactly. So I look, at, I look at within the context of our own culture, right? See, we think that we're, we, we, we should be disciples of Christ, but we have a tendency to be a follower of Christ more than a disciple, right? And I say that meaning we're good until we find something we don't like. And then we're like, mm, I don't know about that, Right we have a tendency to be more of disciples of celebrities than we do of Christ sometimes when we should be like, nothing wrong with following celebrities. Some of it's interesting. I mean, some of these people are like, they're, they're whacked out, but it's interesting, right?
2: Everybody likes a train wreck. Everybody. Exactly. You in it,
1: exactly. It. Some, sometimes, you know, we follow, we think we're following celebrities, but we're actually disciples of celebrities. Why? Because we want to be like them. Right, that's the difference. We should be disciples of Christ, not just followers, but disciples of Christ, because there's more to it than just simply listening. Because anybody can listen, but it takes a little bit more to become. Yes, sir.
4: Celebrity today is taking advantage of that and, and, and having their agenda. Absolutely. Propagating more. It's not just. We see that the political You're being an Absolutely.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. So, what Paul is writing to the church at Ephesus is that we are to imitate God, not to mock or as a forgery, but to live in a manner that is holy, right? We are to strive and to actively pursue holiness, right? It's not just to live the right way, because you can be good. It's not just being good, it's being holy. It's being righteous. It's being set apart. <clears throat> so, and this is where this is where we're going to come to to the parent, to parental aspect. As parents, right? Because we got everybody in here except for us is is a, a parent, right? How many parents we got in here? I don't
2: think the well, Lord's we not a
1: parent. <laughs> okay, so we got we got three people in here who are not parents. Okay, so as parents, right? You model the life that you wish for your children to live and then encourage them, your children, to imitate your behavior in some form or fashion, whether explicitly or implicitly, right? So this is why it's so important that as, we, as believers, we live out our faith in a way that points to Christ, because how we behave can and will be imitated by our quote-unquote children. And I say quote-unquote meaning literal children like your DNA, your biological children, or your figurative children, which would be, you know, those that maybe you bring up spiritually. Spiritual. Yeah, your spiritual children, you know, whatever that means, <clears throat> right? We imitate Christ by living our lives in a way that lines up with His gospel, right? It's not, we don't have to make the gospel fit our agenda, right? Like, like Joey was saying, we, we're, you know, celebrities want to manipulate and make you fit their agenda, right? We're not trying to make. We're not trying to manipulate the gospel. We are to fit ourselves within the gospel.
0: Um, one thing that you had said, um, you know, you can be good, but the point is not to be good; is to strive for holiness. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing that I had to learn, you know, I was like fifteen or sixteen. I was like, well, I'm a good person, but like, what does it mean to be holy? With mm-hmm. What should I, what should I be doing? Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. um, and I, what I found was. Throughout scripture and just like digging through the Bible and trying to figure out, you know, where does God mention holiness? What mm-hmm. is he talking about? What's the context? The difference between goodness and holiness, you know, just being a good person and or striving for a, living a holy life, mm-hmm. like living a, in righteousness, mm-hmm. uh, is your motivation. Absolutely. You know, being, being a good person, a lot of times your motivation is warm and fuzzy feelings, mm-hmm. and it satisfies your... Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? It's Mm -hmm. it's more self-centered. Not that you're being completely like a selfish person, Mm -hmm. you know, really rude and ugly to people. But then you're good sometimes. Mm -hmm. That's not what I'm saying. What I'm saying is, you know, to be a good person, that's fine and dandy. Mm -hmm. But your motivation a lot of times in that goodness is self-righteousness. Absolutely. But when we turn our focus and say, God, you know, Christ, I want to be like you. I wanna mm-hmm. strive for holiness like you've mm-hmm. told me I need to. Mm-hmm. Like that's a high calling. Right. Like, what do I need to do? That's you first you have to humble yourself and realize, okay, this can't be about mm-hmm. me. Mm-hmm. And then in order to to make that next step mm-hmm. and go towards holiness instead of just goodness, mm-hmm. you know, it really it really takes a different motivation. Yeah. It's not to get warm and fuzzy feelings. Right. Because sometimes living a righteous life is not going to give you warm mm-hmm. feelings because you're going to go against the flow of what everybody around you is saying, but mm-hmm. you know this is what Christ says. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so you're, I think it I think it has to do with motivation and like what you're mm-hmm. talking about with, with kids, you know, whether spiritual kids or mm-hmm. biological kids, mm-hmm. you know, being a good person is fine, but does it stick? Right. Well, you know what I'm saying? absolutely. Living a righteous life through the ups and downs, mm-hmm. that sticks to the
1: person. See, part. the world will tell you that being good makes you holy. But that's not it at all. God isn't holy because he's good. He's good because he's holy, right? Goodness pours out from him because of his holiness, right? And that's where we have to be mindful as believers not to be deceived. Now, there's not like... We'll get on a soapbox here. Okay? We need to be good. But goodness doesn't... Goodness doesn't transform us spiritually yeah. goodness does not make us into the image of Christ being in the image of Christ will shift it should be a product. It, it's a product right as we are as we are in Christ and as the spirit works within us and transforms us right. yeah, and we'll and change transforms. right and it's as the spirit sanctifies us That's it it, it changes us internally our good like how we view and and uh, our ethic, right? Our ethics change as the Spirit sanctifies us. Why? Because it lines us up with Christ. Yes, ma'am. And I'll get you, Mary Lou. That danger with being good Mm -hmm. is other people see that Mm -hmm. and they think, well, I'm as good as they are. Right. And they slide right into hell. Exactly. Exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Well,
4: slipping (laughs) slide right (laughs) like, seems like goodness would probably be us doing
1: it. And Mm -hmm. and how Absolutely. Absolutely. As the Spirit works in us and sanctifies us, it it aligns us with Christ, right? It puts us into the academic term would be cruciformity, right? It puts us in alignment with Christ. And as we are in alignment with Christ, His goodness is poured out and then we carry the Spirit within us and our ethics change. How we conduct ourselves change. That's because Encountering the Spirit is a transformative event. When you have encountered the Holy Spirit, you are changed. Mm -hmm. If you are baptized in the Spirit and you get up and you are not changed, then you were not baptized in the Spirit, right? There is something that shifts. There is a spiritual alteration that takes place that puts us in alignment with Christ. And as we are aligned with Christ, our ethics our belief, our morals are then transformed into his, right? We, sh- we change. He does not change. Yeah. We change. Yeah. We are aligned with him. So therefore, now, what are his ethics? What are his morals? Well, the, we have scripture. Right. Yeah. Scripture is the foundation, yeah. right? I'm actually getting ahead of my, my own self. Somebody have something? Somebody have something? I thought I saw a hand raised. Okay, well, it's not the first time. Okay. We imitate Christ by living our lives in a way that lines up with His gospel. This is the only documentation we have that gives us an in-depth look at how Christ lived. There is no external documentation that details how Christ lived. There is external documentation that testifies to His existence, right, But we don't have anything that gives us a detailed outline of how did Christ live. The only book we have, the only books we have are in Scripture, right? Zachary Tackett, who's a professor of historical theology, wrote in his essay, As People of the Gospel, that Pentecostals, which that's where we fall, we are Pentecostals, the tradition we fall under, we embrace Scripture as a lived reality, meaning that the Gospel is, quote-unquote, rehearsed, Or lived out in the daily life of the believer, right? I read this paper, I read his essay as part of my writing my thesis, and it just it blew my mind. Because he described the way that we view scripture in such a way that it was just it just altered just how I viewed it. Not scripture, but how how I viewed our relationship with scripture, right? See, as we rehearse Scripture, right? And we rehearse Scripture partially in what we do in there through communion, through water baptism, through spirit baptism, through the declaring of the Word. All these things that we do in church are part of rehearsing Scripture. That's in the church. Outside the church, we also rehearse Scripture as we evangelize and as we live the Spirit-empowered life, right? So we are to embody the Scripture and allow it to mold our behavior, right? You see, the Bible informs how we participate, right? How we participate in Scripture. And the Spirit empowers that participation by working in and through us. Does that make sense? Am I going too fast? Okay, if I'm, if I'm, if I'm not making sense, please tell me. Um, as we allow the Holy Spirit to transform us, we become more and more like Christ. And we're able to therefore partake in his ministry to others through our intimidation, not our intimidation, our imitation, right? (laughs) Meaning that when we imitate Christ, we're not just simply mimicking him, we are partaking in his ministry. His ministry continues. Just because he died and ascended does not mean that his ministry stopped. The church is the continuation of his ministry. (laughs) Exactly. Notice when he, when he was talking to Peter, he said, On this rock I will build whose church? My church.
2: shall
1: Exactly. Why my church? Because he knew, he formed, he God's conceptualized idea. the church to be an extension of his earthly ministry while he was gone.
2: And that, may I add, is not the building, it's the body.
1: Right, big C. Big C, Big C, C, C Church. Wow. That's right. Big C Church, which encompasses all believers. Yeah, all believers, right? So, the moral of this lesson is that as believers, we have to do more than just simply follow. We have to participate. What does participation look like? This is participation A coming together. As the body of christ is participation i'm going to be honest with you and this this may ruffle some feathers and that's okay i'll talk to you all night about it if you're not meeting together as the body of christ in some form or fashion you are not participating in christ's ministry because christ ministered to the disciples as much as he ministered to those outside of the disciples right there's an internal ministry and an external ministry Right. If we're not if we're not allowing ourselves to be ministered to internally, meaning coming together and and being fed, then we cannot then go and externally minister. Right. <clears throat> Does that make sense? Can't you yourself. Exactly. Exactly. The dry sponge. Has <laughs> right. And I know and 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 I know that. Where we are currently um, in our, with what's going on with, with COVID, I know that it, church is evolving. And I don't mean church big C, I mean church little c. How we conduct ourselves and how we meet together is evolving, right? But that does not, just because the world changes, does not mean that the mandate from God changes, right? Again, we don't make the gospel fit our lifestyle. We align ourselves to the gospel, okay? So while yes, we have all these all this technology and all these different ways, this is not by no stretch of the imagination saying that online church is illegitimate. I love I love online church. I love the fact that we have that capability. Why? Because it is an external ministry done internally, right? It's a it's an, it's a combination because by going online and doing and having all of these wonderful resources that we've we've adapted because of all these different things that we are able to do, our potential to reach the lost is exponential.
2: Not only that, but just the fact that it's 24-7 <clears throat> access to things like this, which is studying the Word of God, or hearing what uh, above and beyond what you're doing as you fellowship in mm-hmm. person
1: as a body. Right. In my opinion, and this is... this oh, I don't need to cover up my microphone. In my opinion, and this is this is not endorsed by any mm-hmm. governing body... For for somebody, I believe that online church is legitimate. And to say that, to think differently, in my opinion, is it's more of a preference than anything else because whether or not we have church on Sunday or Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday, it is still church, right? Whether you are in person or online, as long as you are participating, and what does participation mean when you're online? It means paying attention, A. And B, it means finding and seeking ways to be involved with the body of Christ, through these mediums, because the reality is, the world has changed. The church is evolving. The church is changing because, and it, need, it in a lot of ways it had to because we recognized as believers, as leaders, as as Christians that if we do not change the way in which we minister, then we are floundering. Right? We have to we have to not adapt to the morals or the ethics of culture, but we have to adapt ourselves to the mediums in which we communicate within culture right cuz we're not supposed to we're supposed to engage with culture right okay not stand by like we're not off to the side and letting things happen we're to engage with culture and engagement with culture means that we have to really reassess continually how are we reaching people what are we doing to reach people how can we participate with the body how can we plug in how can we be involved with the body of Christ even as the world is in chaos or changing
2: In Hebrews? Yeah, it was Paul. I mean, we we believe Paul listening. wrote Hebrews, mm-hmm. but we don't have any written evidence. But we feel like it was Paul. But it was in Hebrews, right? So, what okay. does that, what so does that, that, that mean? Don't
1: that people means people don't forsake the body of Christ, right? essentially. We, we
2: need to center. come
1: together to learn from each other, but come together to grow. Mm-hmm. But that, does that mean come online?
2: Well, but see, this this is the by challenge. That <laughs> well, that can be. But here's the mm-hmm. challenge that we we face today in the 21st century. Um, we get the idea that, and there again, I'm, 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 not, I'm not discounting us coming together on Sunday. I think it's very valuable. I think mm-hmm. it's important by all It me. is. But we get the idea that this is the church. This isn't mm-hmm. the church. This is the church. Mm-hmm. This is the church. And we come together as the church, not we don't come to church. We come together mm-hmm. as the church, whether that's a Wednesday night small group, whether it's an online Zoom group. There's a lot mm-hmm. of churches that do zoom online zoom and, mm-hmm. and have great success and they dissect the word of god right whether it's sunday morning whether it's young adults every other sunday small night, groups it's small groups yeah. it's, it's about coming together and use this term to participate mm-hmm. together
1: whenever whenever i have a conversation with somebody about something like this i i pose the question right let's say things take a turn for the worst and we're not allowed to meet together are we still going to have church
2: China, they have the underground church. The underground church. They don't meet, they meet in homes.
1: North Korea, they have Christians in North Korea. Mm -hmm. But obviously, it's very dangerous. (laughs) And Afghanistan. And Afghanistan.
4: Iraq and Iran. Yes, sir. Christianity is based on personal relationships. Mm -hmm. And there's no way to get away from that. Absolutely. Virtual is a good reaching Mm tool, it can't
1: replace personal. No, I agree wholeheartedly. And I think that's where we have to, as, as the church and as leaders and as believers, we have to really think, okay, if, let's say, for example, we have to go back into a lockdown, and let's say it's more strict, and they say, hey, no meeting together at all, right? Now, in our country, we have laws and stuff that protect religious communities from such actions, Right but in other countries they don't. I believe well as in, in Canada they don't have such protections and it's causing where problems that, up Where
0: is that missionary k Where is she go? She's She's in Budapest. Yeah. Budapest. They're they're facing Luda. that. Right, exactly. Except I think she in the BGMC
1: video, second or third lockdown it's way more strict right. than it right. was before. So yeah. The 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 right well, the concept of religious liberty is a, an entirely unique concept to the U.S., right? And we have laws, and we have things that that protect us from overreach in that regard. Other countries do not, right? Obviously, you look at... So far. Yeah. Yeah, they can be revoked. Well, they can be revoked.
2: Even, even, in, even when, when the Christians were uh, persecuted in Rome and, mm-hmm. you know, fed to the lions and all They didn't prevent them from meeting. They just met them underground. And even, you know, you talk about technology. The technology of Paul's day was what? What was Paul's technology? How did he communicate? He wrote a letter, sent it to the churches, and Mm -hmm. it was shared, but they would gather Mm -hmm. together to have the letter read to
1: them. And what's more, Paul would write letters and then scribes would copy his letter. A lot of the letters that we, a lot of the, the books of the Bible that Paul wrote, may not have been necessarily his pen to paper, but reprodu- uh, copies, reproductions of what he wrote to other churches because so far that's all that we have located, and that may be all we ever locate because paper deteriorates. Yeah. Yes, ma'am. I was just wondering will it get, if we have
2: to be online, would it ever get where we can talk to each other in a, in a cell group online? Zoom. Yeah, we already have that. We have that. Zoom. We have when um, Well, we're not doing it, but the technology mm-hmm. is there. Some people have done it. We mm-hmm. didn't incorporate it okay. with, 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 with our structure yeah, during the shutdown. Right, right. Right. But then, would be another form more personal.
1: Right. When we were in lockdown, the young adult group, we we actually did a Zoom meeting one time for our group, and it was it worked really well. And it's I had the mute button, so I could mute anybody I wanted to. It was fantastic. <laughs> but, uh, yes, sir?
3: Social issues, And if you don't believe the way mm-hmm. they believe, you're, you're labeled as a, as a hate group. Mm-hmm. And, and if yeah. you read the Old Testament and even some of the New Testament, the Bible's going to be challenged as being hate literature <laughs> in a very short period of time. And the church, they won't be able to do it, but they will try to label believers mm-hmm. as being haters because mm-hmm. of some things we believe. Man, you know, we don't believe it's same-sex marriage. Mm-hmm. There's a lot of things we don't believe that society says to <laughs> be accepted. Yeah. So being classified as a hate group is is going to probably be the biggest challenge that I see
2: for the church in the near future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah there's, uh, you're, you're right on, uh, Brother Jim, this past week, the, the, and I'll make this very brief for the time's sake, but, the meetings, the leadership meetings that I was part of, some of the discussion came up. Is there's a book out right now called Fault Line, and it's actually talking about how the the uh, evangelical church is about to split mm-hmm. over over social justice and, mm-hmm. and, and everything politically that's going on. Patriotism, patriotism mm-hmm. is a big issue, mm-hmm. uh, and stuff like that. That that's one of the issues uh, that that we are facing, and that we are also about. To be, there was a time. Where we were told to be tolerant of other people's beliefs, but now no one is tolerant of our beliefs, and we are about, we will be. It will not be long before we'll be labeled bigots. And if we, if we're not careful, what we say in the pulpit—I know we've been hearing this for years—but trust me, it's coming down. We will lose our tax exempt status. That's already there's already churches that are calculating what that would cost other uh, churches it's unbelievable some of the stuff that's coming down the pipe mm-hmm. not that we should live in fear it's just reality of, of mm-hmm. things are moving very quickly right now right. And, it, and the church is, is the target
1: i think that we have to our be target. when we have to be mindful and we have to look at our current situation within the context of history right if you look at the new testament church they were actually hunted like they were sought out they were killed paul was paul was beheaded in the Coliseum. Like. What we're experiencing now is nothing new, and I'm not even gonna say that personally, and this, again, this is my personal thoughts on all of it. I do not believe that we, uh, we American Christians, I do not believe that we are persecuted, right? The reason is because I look at persecution through the lens of history, and what has historical persecution against Christians looked like? Well, it looked like beheadings in the Colosseum. It looks like what's going on in China. It looks like what's going on in North Korea, so. We, and we could talk the semantics of that all day. But the point that I'm trying to make is that even if, let's say tomorrow, the, the Congress got together. Of course, this is a hypothetical because I know it's a little bit more complicated. Congress got together and said, we're revoking entirely the, uh, the, the First Amendment. You are there is no religious freedom. What would that do to your faith?
3: Mm-hmm. they will target the individual mm-hmm.
2: first like their ties are no longer deductible. Well, well knowing that, um, but it becomes, we're involved with a count, c- cancel culture. And what's going to happen is, is you, you look at how the NFL, and I know that's, that, that's not a norm, but the NFL, the NBA, now the Major League Baseball League, they are now boycotting states. Georgia is not going to host the All-Star game. Because of a, not a religious thing, but it's a political thing. But that's the cancel culture. Mm -hmm. It will not be... That's a slippery slope. That's a slippery slope. Before long, you will have a hard time finding... You could very well not be able to find a job because Mm -hmm. of your Christian beliefs. Because Mm -hmm. we can't afford to have you working here. Because... You may cause a lawsuit to come against because of your spiritual beliefs, anyway, and and that that's a slippery slope that's the way down the road, but that's that's
1: that. that's the reality, and I'm just going to go ahead and say it is going to happen. Like there's no doubt. I mean, we we know it will happen. Why? Because it's happened before. Historically, these things have happened, and I'm going to be real with you guys. And I I'm not I'm not I don't want to say I'm not concerned about it, but I'm not worried about it because I know that it's going to happen. A and I know that even under great persecution, even when the Christians were hunted down and killed. God still provided, right? And that even if, even if the church does become persecuted in our lifetimes, right? If it does become persecuted in our lifetimes, that doesn't impact our mandate to live out a life of cruciformity, to live a life like Christ, to model Christ. Yes.
0: Um, I was just thinking about you know how it kind of ties back to what you were what you were saying, Colin lesson and you know I mean all, all of this can seem really um, like worrisome you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. like oh my gosh you know th- this is going to come this is going to happen mm-hmm. you know h- historically speaking these kind of things have happened before but mm-hmm. it wouldn't surprise me if it happened now you know um, all these things um you know freedoms being taken you know abilities to to meet together you know, all these things can, can really dishearten a person. Mm-hmm. But just thinking about what we've been talking about tonight, if you're participating in your faith,
4: mm-hmm.
0: you are already grounded. Mm-hmm. Like, if you, are, if, you are a, if you are a participant, not just a bystander, mm-hmm. you are involved in the big C, the mm-hmm. church's movement. Mm-hmm. You're involved already. Mm-hmm. You're there. You are living a spirit-empowered life, mm-hmm. which, you know, I don't know how a Christian could, when, when these things start happening, you know, I don't know how a Christian could really stand steadfast unless they were living a mm-hmm. spirit-empowered life. Mm-hmm. Because, I mean, then they would be doing it in their own strength. Absolutely. You know? I mean, if, if you are participating, like what you said, you know, if you are communing with God daily mm-hmm. through prayer, through, you know, spirit baptism, um, communion mm-hmm. you know you don't have to you know you can you can have communion with your family in your house it doesn't mm-hmm. you know in lockdown I mean, right it's <clears throat> before it can mm-hmm. happen again it could be a pita bread and <laughs> it could be some sort of other drink you know it, say, okay, it could I, be I'm wonder bread and, and grape because right i really feel like i really need to i need to get with god you know yeah. i mean these things these things we can participate regardless of mm-hmm. The world around us, the status of the world around us, and I think a lot of a lot of people forget that just because freedoms are, you know, freedoms can be taken away Mm -hmm. by men. There are certain, you know, grace. God gave us grace, Mm -hmm. and He's not going to take that away. Mm -hmm. If we're living a spirit empowered life, if we're living in grace, if we're Mm -hmm. participating in the spirit, you know, Mm -hmm. I mean, there are certain things that you know God is steadfast when everything mm. else around us is shaking absolutely so, you know your heart could be disheartened just dis- discouraged mm-hmm. you know thinking about what could come what could happen mm-hmm. but then again you know who where do you look mm-hmm. I look to the hills where my help comes from absolutely you know what I'm saying like I mean really sing a song or something yeah <laughs> you know? there you go <laughs> I'm like do you so, remind yourself where is my focus
1: and Absolutely. what am I standing on? Absolutely.
3: Brother Jim? And I, one thing we have to realize, of course, our enemy is not liberal. Our enemy mm. is not government. We're in a spiritual war. And the only way to fight a spiritual war is spiritually. Mm-hmm. And so we're doing everything that we need to do just like together mm-hmm. tonight. But you have to look at why are they going to come against the church and why are they coming against the church? Is because this country, the biggest export that we have, the biggest thing that we export from this, com- from this country is the gospel. Mm-hmm. We export the gospel more than any other country in the world. And if there's one thing Satan wants to stop, is the export of that gospel. So we brought it on ourselves, and we praise God that we did because, we're being hunted for what we're doing, mm-hmm. and we're ex- exporting the gospel. Mm-hmm. Mary Lou and then Miss Cheryl. And, too, when
1: we do participate to together, we can remind ourselves that we have to hug and help us. It's for encouragement. Absolutely. 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 Miss Cheryl, and then I'm going to. When you were, we're talking about Zoom in, you get, you, but when you came together, mm-hmm. when, you, when you got
0: out of that, did you want to hug each other? Yes. Oh, yeah. At, oh, yeah. Absolutely. And it, it's, it's like, oh, absolutely.
4: Yeah. 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 but nothing is Hebrew says, uh, God, God says that God says he
1: will shake the things that can be shaken the mm-hmm. things that cannot be shaken mm-hmm. so. absolutely absolutely um, a closing thought and then I'll conclude the lesson because I, I kind of I do want us to I want us to bear in mind that we do have that blessed hope and we know that Jesus is going to come back we know that he's going to return and but we got to make sure also that we don't we don't we don't forget or we don't overlook the fact that we, there is a very real present need in all aspects of our country and the world. There is a present need that only Christ can fulfill, right? There's, there are needs that can be met, in the church, through participation, while we cannot necessarily fulfill those needs we can speak to those needs and we can, if we allow, if we participate in Christ and we allow Christ to work through us and we continue his earthly ministry, then we can speak and, and have an impact and engage with things that without him, we cannot and things that the world is looking to something to address issues. And we have to be, as the church, we have to engage with that in honesty and transparency and in love. Right. We have to engage with with we have to engage with social issues. We have to. Why? Because Christ engaged with social issues. Right. We have to engage with all these different things. Why? Because Christ in, in, Christ engaged with these issues and the church, the historical church engaged with these issues. Right. We have to also make sure as we participate in Christ and as we operate as the church, we look forward to the blessed hope. Right, we are an end time community. We're a community that looks forward to Christ's return. If you look at the history of the Pentecostal tradition, man, we're talking about people that are like Jesus is coming, Jesus is coming. But until He comes, until He comes, we got to do our thing here. So I'm going to close this out with prayer. And uh, does anybody have any questions? It's seven thirty three. Anybody got any questions? Excellent. All right, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we are so grateful. Lord, for this opportunity to come into your house, God, yes. to meet together. Lord, to study your word, Father, yes. to study with each other, Lord, to engage with each other, to communicate with each other, Lord, to come together as the body of Father and to just commune together Lord, we are so thankful that we have this ability god we are so thankful lord for resources that allow us to communicate with our brothers and sisters across the globe through technology god through whatever means that we can use Father. we are so thankful for those things as well father i pray that as we leave today god that we would be reminded continually that as we operate outside of the walls of the church father that we are to participate in your ministry here on earth god that we would engage father as 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 the church, Lord, we would engage these issues that are pressing our country, Lord, that are pressing our world, Father, that we engage with these issues that are difficult, Father. Why? Because we know that while that through Your Spirit, God, and through the testament of Your Son, that we can seek and move forward in helping to resolve issues, God, Lord, and to declaring Your goodness and Your love to those that need it, Father. Lord, the world is looking for for something. God, and I pray that your church, Lord, would be the agents, Father, that carry your presence, Lord, that, that we would be a, a declaration saying, we know that something. We know what you need, and that we would point them to you. Father, I pray that you would be with every person in this room tonight, God, as they leave, Father, and as they go back to...
0: Thank you for joining our podcast. Here at Bear Creek AG, our goal is to help others know God, find freedom, discover their purpose, and make a difference. Have a great week.